You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Make noise! It's Making Monsters with Taylor Dahl. It's like beer and brats, a perfect combination. You know the deal. Alrighty, welcome back everybody to another episode of Making Monsters. We are now getting into a lot of my off-season series. Last year we had um, same kind of concept of possibilities for the draft. Then we went into free agency and then I did a full-on draft breakdown of all the Bears picks and what they could potentially do with them right now. I think the most important thing is that number one pick that the Bears have from Carolina. And um, it's a lot of question marks because people, some people want to stay with Justin Fields. Some people want to move on from Justin Fields and with Caleb Williams and Drake May and a ton of quarterbacks in this draft. We have a lot to talk about this next month. So that's what I'm going to be doing. It's going to be a what if the Bears move on from Justin and go quarterback with that number one pick, or even maybe if they trade down a couple and get somebody just in that top 10. So we'll talk about that a lot. Today, we are going to talk Drake May, North Carolina quarterback, and I am joined by Adam Lucas. He is a a writer for the Tar Heels, also has a a podcast called the Carolina Insider Pod. Adam, thanks so much for hopping on with me. Taylor, appreciate you having me. Anything to do with Chicago, I'm in favor of. I'm a giant Cubs fan, so hopefully the White Sox fans among your listeners will not (laughs) hold that against me. Uh, But I always have a soft spot for the Bears and and like to see Tar Heels go to the Bears. Hey, well, we like that. There's obviously a a recent familiar name in Mitchell Trubisky, which may be why some people are a little hesitant on Drake May when you just have that, that, that recent interaction that maybe didn't go the way you want but let's go ahead and talk about Drake May because I think there are there's a lot of things that Drake does really well and we'll get into some of those but let's let's look at some of the numbers from his season in 20 in 2022 for example he completed 66.2 percent of his passes for 4,321 yards 38 touchdowns seven picks uh, in addition to that which I feel like maybe not a lot of people know he, he also rushed for almost 700 yards and had another seven touchdowns there um, on the ground so was there a game that season, Adam, where you were watching Drake May and you felt like it, it just really – you were like, okay, this guy is going to be something good and could potentially be something good in the NFL? Yeah, I mean, I think that had always kind of been the thought ever since he decommitted from Alabama and chose to come to Carolina where, of course, his dad, Mark, played quarterback uh, back in the early 80s and was a really successful Carolina quarterback. And if had he not – injured his leg, I think probably had a shot in the NFL himself. Um, so he'd always had that pedigree and always had those expectations. Really from, from day one of spring practice, before he ever even started a game, uh, I think it was pretty clear that he was a different kind of quarterback, just threw the ball differently, uh, had a different kind of arm strength. There was actually supposed to be a quote-unquote quarterback battle uh, that spring before that 22 season, and it quickly became evident that it was not a battle at all. Um, and so Drake uh, was the, the starter, no question, from day one, and performed that way. And I think mm-hmm. the thing you got to remember about that season is he was throwing to Josh Downs. Mm-hmm. 
who then went out and had a great year for the Colts this year. Yeah. Uh, so he had an NFL receiver that first year. As we'll talk about, the second year, I'm, I'm not sure that he did. Yeah, which and obviously those are things you have to look at. And when you – the one good thing about whoever does, if somebody does come to Chicago, I think they are put in a way better position than Justin Fields was put in back in 2021 because now they do have DJ Moore, and I do expect them to use another pick or in free agency on another wide receiver. So whoever does come here is definitely throwing to – top receivers in the NFL, which definitely will benefit. When you look at Drake May, he seems to me like the type of the prototypical size, shape, athlete looking quarterback that you would want on your football team. And sometimes those are the questions if there's other quarterbacks that may be a little smaller. I feel like Drake is the type of build that you would want as a quarterback. Is that something that you felt worked in his benefit when he was there at North Carolina? Absolutely. I mean, he he is what you diagram when you are diagramming an NFL quarterback. And some of that leads to some of those rushing numbers you were talking about that I do think people overlook a little bit. He's big and he's tough. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Carolina head coach Mac Brown spent a lot of time that first that 22 season trying to teach him how to either run out of bounds or slide. Mm -hmm. And Drake just didn't want to do that. He kind of kept just throwing his body across the goal line or across Mm -hmm. the first down marker, whatever he had to do to get where he needed to go to keep his team moving the ball on the field, that was what he wanted to do. He did get a little better at it this mm-hmm. past year, and I'm sure if he were to end up with the Bears, <laughs> they would spend a lot of time saying, we have invested a lot of money in you and you need to learn how to get down. Um, but that's just, in general, that's not his mindset because he is so dedicated to doing whatever the team needs at that particular moment Mm -hmm. and sometimes he just doesn't separate his personal safety from that and that goes back to the physical qualities that you're talking about I think he feels like he can run over some guys if he's big yeah and you you spoke a little bit on that mobility side which like I said I don't think many people realize how well he was able to use his legs but Um, And that could be a little underrated side of that. But people talk a lot about his pocket awareness, which obviously you want a quarterback to have. They talk about his ability to throw downfield. And those are traits that you want out of your quarterback. But to be able to mark off multiple traits that you would like in your quarterback is a positive. And I feel like when you look at what Drake was able to do in college football, it he does check a lot of those boxes. Um, what do you think, if you could say any of the factors or maybe even something aside from one of those three things that improved the most between his 2022 season and 23 season, what would you say he got better at? It's hard with him because he was so polished when he stepped in. Um, so I think you'd have to look at some off the field things. Okay. Um, I think he became a better leader. I think he became more of the guy in the huddle. Um, I think there was because he was following Sam Howell, he knew that it was basically Sam Howell's team that he was stepping into the huddle with, mm-hmm. uh, and, and he needed to prove himself and make them understand that, okay, it's Drake May's time now. And I think he'd eventually do that. I mean, his, his rapport with his offensive line is unlike what we saw with either Trubisky or Howell. Um, and that's saying something because Drake May's offensive line was not somewhere between average and not good at all okay. um, during the two years that he was here at Carolina. So he spent a lot of time running for his life, but you never got finger pointing. You never got palms up. You never got any of that. Uh, and so I think that's a, that's a testament to 
just the maturity that he went through these last couple of years and learning how to manage that. Yeah, and you mentioned his dad, his dad Mark, who played quarterback for the Tar Heels also. He also has brothers Luke and Bo, who played basketball for the Tar Heels. So there's a lot of family connection there at North Carolina. And obviously I think that does also add when a sibling has multiple other siblings and fathers that played in professional sports or college sports, it adds a whole other level of competitiveness, I think. And you can see that from Drake, which may relate to kind of what you were saying in that he wanted to make plays happen. And that's beneficial in a lot of things. But, Adam, it's interesting to me because I think one of the things that we've seen in Chicago has been um, that there's been a consistent uh, inconsistency in the offensive line. There's a lot of struggles there. When, when Fields came out of college, we kind of knew that he was the type of guy that needed an offensive line um, to be able to be successful just because he had a high – sack ratio, he held the ball a little too long, all of those things kind of factored into it, and the Bears just didn't quite put the focus that we'd like on that offensive line. But similar to Drake May, he he has that ability to, ability to, to escape in certain situations, He uh, and which sometimes was beneficial, sometimes not. Sometimes you were like, oh my goodness, just get rid of the ball, and sometimes he gets 18 yards on a run, and you're totally impressed. And it, it does seem like Drake May kind of has some of those similarities where he does always want that big play he doesn't maybe want to take those short yardage plays is that something you've noticed is that something that you think can be fixed once he gets over into the NFL yeah I don't think that's a bad comparison I mean Justin Fields obviously elusiveness at a different level than Drake May but I think Drake May throwing the balls at a different level than Justin Fields okay. so it all depends on what you like um, I do think there was a little bit of a knock that maybe Drake held the ball a little too long that first year uh, trying to wait for, for example, Josh Downs to get a little more open mm -hmm. uh, because that is where he wanted to throw it 70% of the time. Um, he did work on that this year, and I think he made some improvements. I think there's still some room to grow there. But I also think the thing about him is if you tell him, hey, I mean, go out and learn how to play tight end, he'll go out and learn how to play tight end. He'll, <laughs> he'll do whatever he's told to do. Uh, and so if that's an area that, that is a focus for him, that's something he'll be better off. Yeah, and you mentioned a little bit ago that the numbers from that 2022 to 2023 may seem like they decreased, and you said Downs being a part of that uh, because when you look at it, it, he did have in 2023 3,608 yards. He had 24 touchdowns, nine interceptions. So everything went down a little. There was also two less games in that time frame. You lose your, your top wide receiver that he obviously was pretty comfortable with. But the interesting thing to me is when I read a lot of possible you know mock drafts and all of these things people who like Drake may say that although the numbers say one thing if you just do the simple eye test and watch his games you could see a lot of things getting better and more comfortable and more confident on the field is that something that you kind of noticed this last season too I think another thing you factor into 2023 is Carolina had a better run in 23 than they did in 22 okay uh, the Tar Heels had Omari and Hampton in 23 who rushed for over a thousand yards and looked like he probably is an NFL-type running back. So Drake didn't need to throw the ball as much in 23 as he did in 22. Um, I think the quality of throws he was making was better in 23 than it was in 22. Okay. The quantity of throws he made was better in 22 than it was in 23. Okay. So I think if you're an NFL team looking to see, is this a guy who can make the throws that, that we're going to demand that he make you know, 35, 40 times a game, I think you look at his 23 season and you see most of those throws on the tape. 
Yeah, and, and that's definitely something I've read a lot about him. And when you look at that, because he attempted 517 throws in 2022 and it went down to 425 in 2023, which obviously factors into, like you just said, when you are a team that can run the ball better. That's one thing about Chicago is they've always been able to run the ball. It's kind of one of their stronger suits. So when a lot of people compare statistics to other teams, it's not even right to be able to compare those things because when a quarterback is throwing half of what another quarterback is he's not going to have the yardage it's just simple math in that aspect but um, I don't know how much you obviously being a college football writer I'm sure you watch a ton of college football and very closely with the the Tar Heels but how familiar are you with uh, Caleb Williams and how far in your opinion do you think that gap is between Williams and May if there isn't one yeah, I mean, I, I'm not nearly as familiar with Caleb Williams as I am with Drake, other than, you know, like everybody else, Carolina plays in the afternoon on Saturday, and then you get home and USC's playing at nighttime and mm-hmm. you turn it on and see some of those incredible plays he's making. I, I mean, I think from what little I know of him, it seems like the one question might be leadership, intangibles, things like that. Mm-hmm. And, and that that is a big difference. Athleticism, obviously, he has it over Drake May. Mm -hmm. I think intangibles, and kind of when I think of a team like the Bears, like I think of cold weather and toughness and, you know, and all that stuff, like that is Drake May. Yeah. I'm not 100% sure that's Caleb Williams, but obviously if you throw the ball in the end zone, uh, you can be whoever you want to and they're going to love it. Yeah. What is your offseason now when you're looking forward? Because obviously combine and everything coming up, is that something you still pay pretty close attention to uh, just because you have some guys that potentially could be getting drafted pretty high? Yeah, we definitely will. Drake actually uh, right now is down in Mobile, Alabama, um, getting ready for the combine and working out of the facility down there. Um, so that'll start ramping up here soon. Of course, we also have a pretty good little basketball team down yeah. here that we all uh, like to follow. So basketball right now, and then as the draft gets closer, especially with Drake involved, um, that'll that'll be going on simultaneously, and that'll be fun. That's a good problem to have when you got multiple things. Well, it definitely is. And that's what we sit here and I've kind of been going back and forth on Twitter because it's it's obviously one of the situations where the Bears have a big decision to make. You know, do you give this quarterback one more year or do you go and kind of start over with another guy that you feel like may fit what you want offensively in the future? And that's a tough decision. And the Bears fans are pretty split about it. But it, I keep saying also it's a good position to be in, too, because you have a quarterback that uh, has proven that he does have levels, that he can be really, really good, and there's teams that would like to have Justin Fields, but then you also have the number one pick, so you have multiple options there to figure out what you want to do with the future, but it does keep you kind of busy. Um, Adam, final one before you, kind of, before you go, just a, a basic thought of your confidence of how well because we, you never know I feel like with quarterbacks there there's misses every year of ones that are drafted high and then there's ones that maybe fall a little bit and end up being super successful but what is your confidence that Drake May has the ability to, ability to be successful at the next level well Taylor one thing I would just say quickly to first fans when they start being too depressed about this tough situation they're in could be the Panthers. So <laughs> yeah. things are much better than you think they are. You've got their pick. Yeah. Um, as far as as far as Drake, we've been lucky because we've seen Mitch Trubisky, who's a very good college quarterback, who I know brings up PTSD for Bears fans. We've seen Sam Howell, who's a very very good college quarterback, and jury's out there in Washington. 
and now we've seen Drake May. To me, Drake May is Trubisky and Howell combined and sort of the best of those two put together into one. I think mentally he's more equipped to handle something like this than Trubisky was. Physically, he's got a little more talent than Sam Howell does and maybe a little more polish. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think when you put those two guys together, you get Drake May. I, if he's not an NFL quarterback, I don't know what one is, and I don't think Carolina will ever have one uh, because I just don't think they get better than him in the physical areas but also in the mental and intangible areas. He's ready to come in and not cause any problems for any NFL team for the next 10 years. Would it benefit him to sit for a year and learn Mm -hmm. something from an old guy who's been around and knows how to play the game at that level? Of course it would. But remember, he's also been learning from his dad since he was three and has talked a lot about how to play quarterback at the very highest level. Yeah, and honestly, that's a really interesting thing I didn't think about because one of the hits on Trubisky was just maybe he he didn't get enough time to start. He had one of the fewest starts ever for a college quarterback coming in and having to play pretty quickly in the NFL. And it, it I would say Drake May, especially if he comes to Chicago, he would be starting pretty quickly, if not right away. Um, but when you do have the confidence level and, like you said, experience around athletes your entire life, maybe that does add that little edge. Uh, we just see a lot of examples of guys maybe like Jordan Love who had a couple years to sit behind one of the best of the best and now seems like he um, is going to be pretty good and comfortable and it was uh, somebody that people had constant questions on. So that is, that is a big factor in it, I think. But um, I like the comparison of the, the combined of Howell and Trubisky because I think that is a good that is, it's a good comparison of taking, hey, here's uh, Trubisky's best traits and here's Sam Howell's best traits and if you combine those, you make Drake May. Um, so that's really interesting. I, I really appreciate that. Um, again, Adam, I, I, I appreciate you a lot for coming on with me and talking a little bit about Drake May. We will see this, this offseason for us is going to be pretty crazy. So we'll see how everything goes. But thank you so much. Absolutely. And Taylor, just one more thing to ease Bears minds, yeah. the minds of Bears fans. Trubisky played for Larry Fedora, mm-hmm. whose offense was designed such that if you or I had been the quarterback, we would have thrown a lot of touchdowns. (laughs) So I think that's another factor to think of. This is a different offense. It's a different Carolina football than the one Mitch Trubisky came out of. Okay. So just when when Bears fans lay their head on the pillow at night and they've had that nightmare of, like, (laughs) Drake May's head on Mitch Trubisky's body, (laughs) and I like Mitch Trubisky, it's it's not the same thing. So just everything can be okay. Would love (laughs) to see Drake in Chicago. Would love to have an excuse to go to – one of the very best cities in the world and watch one of the very best targets we've ever had. I love it. And even, I will say, I was a big Trubisky defender for a long time because I think that we saw a lot of good things. I think similar to Justin, he was thrown into a situation that wasn't built for him and he wasn't quite set up to succeed or to be developed properly. And I do truly think it hurt him in the NFL. But um, unfortunately, it just didn't work out. And it looks like maybe this next one isn't working out either. So hopefully one day the Bears hit on a hit on a draft pick and it will be or on a quarterback. And it'll be cool to be somebody like Drake because I've only heard good things about him when it comes to leadership on and off the field and all of those qualities that you want in your quarterback. So uh, we will see. Again, thanks, Adam. And thanks for easing our mind a little bit, too, of taking us away from uh, Trubisky. <laughs> Thanks, Taylor. Appreciate you having me. Thank you. Have a good one.
All right, guys, now we are continuing on our Drake May episode, uh, and it is something that I think a lot of Bears fans are genuinely curious on. We're still waiting on a lot of decisions of what the Bears are even going to do with uh, offensive coordinator hire, what they're going to do with Justin Fields. There's a lot of decisions that this organization is trying to make right now, and it's going to affect uh, the future in a lot of sense. And there's arguments on both sides being made for keeping Justin or trading Justin, and that's something that we will probably know in the next couple months. But until then, we are taking a look at some of these quarterbacks that the Bears can possibly draft. And we're going to continue on with the Drake episode, Drake May episode, in addition to talking some other draft questions slash quarterback questions. And that's why today we are joined by Justin Mello. He's uh, part of the Draft Network, who personally, Justin, it's one of my favorite outlets to go to and look at big boards and look at rankings and look at some of these reports and stuff. So appreciate all the work that you guys do in breaking this stuff down. Well, we appreciate that. Uh, you know, it's great to hear because a lot of work goes into it. You know, we've got a fantastic group of scouts on the team, um, guys with real life pro experience. You know, Brentley Wiseman's one of our scouts, spent time in the league with the with the then San Diego Chargers, the Oregon Ducks. We got Keith Sanchez, who won a national championship with LSU uh, back a couple of years ago. So we really got some amazing scouts on our team that really put the work in uh, to get everybody ready for draft season. So really appreciate you saying that. Yeah, and it means a lot. I was talking to someone recently, actually, in the building with me because we were talking about starting to prep for all of our draft process, and it's it's a it's a lot. It's a it's a lot of guys that you have to go back and watch their film and learn about what kind of offenses or defenses they were in and what was happening on the team that year. And there's a lot that goes into these evaluations. And for us, it helps so much because we covering the NFL don't get that time to really fully watch a ton of college football games. Most of the time and really break down all of these guys, especially when you go into deeper into the rounds. Um, now, most of the guys that we'll be talking about today, most of us have seen a good about, a good bit about what um, when they've played this last season. But let's go ahead and jump into it. Um, let's start with Drake May. Uh, and obviously, I think the consensus one right now looks like Caleb Williams. He's the one that the generational term has been surrounded by. But I have heard a lot of people, especially after this last season, really high on Drake May and what he was able to do at UNC and kind of his improvements between this last year and the previous year so um let's start with that a little bit like from what you have seen and read and now that you've kind of covered a little bit through draft network what are some of the reports saying about his strengths and which ones could possibly fit best once he gets to that nfl level well he's an outstanding quarterback prospect and i I think in most draft classes you'd probably be talking about the first player drafted the first player off the board certainly the the top ranked quarterback bit of a unique class, as you said, with Caleb Williams. It makes it so that there's really two um, elite quarterback prospects in this class. I mean, when you turn the tape on and you watch this kid, there are a couple things that just jump off the screen, really pop. Uh, Number one is the ability, I think, to make every throw. You know, he, he's willing to test tight throwing windows. He throws it to all three levels of the field, and he did so with terrific success. I think he's probably a better deep ball thrower than Caleb Williams is. I think that's that's one point you, you score on his side mm-hmm. um, of the card sheet. Uh, he's extremely athletic. I think his ability to stress opposing defenses with his legs, to create for himself, to maneuver the pocket, um, escape harm's way, you know, move the chains with his legs, that's today's quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. That's what everyone's looking for, the escape artists. I mean, you look at the teams that are still playing right now, right? Of course, 
with your Josh Allens and your Patrick Mahomes, but even, uh, you know, your Jordan Loves mm-hmm. and some of the other quarterbacks that still have these teams competing for a Super Bowl, that ability is so important nowadays. It opens up the entire playbook, yeah. right, for the offensive coordinator. And I think that's one of the major selling points for Drake May. And I think, look, this isn't going to be a consensus thing. Mm-hmm. There are definitely going to be teams in the league that have him as their top-ranked prospect and have him as their top-ranked quarterback. Now, are the Chicago Bears going to be one of them? Uh, That's the million-dollar question, right? It starts with the team that's holding the number one pick in the draft. But this is a kid that made terrific strides this year. He's so much fun to watch in that offense. He mastered it. Um, Really, really was a pleasure to scout him throughout the year, and and no doubt about it uh, that he's going to be one of the top two players selected in April. Well, and, and yeah, you mentioned a lot of things there. And when it comes to his throwing ability, he he has a he has a comfortability, like you said, on multiple levels. He can and also can do it from the pocket. He can do it on the move. And that's a lot of the things that people see as major pluses when it comes to him, because you don't have to limit anything. You, you feel like you don't have to build an offense around one particular strength. There's a lot of things that he he can do, and including using his legs, and that's a piece of his game also. So when, when we're talking about pocket awareness, and uh, one of the things that has been a major hit on Justin Fields, which is for the people who are ready to move on from Justin and pick a new quarterback, the biggest thing for them is that he holds the ball too long. And um, that was kind of a thing in college, too. It, it was kind of always known that Justin Fields was going to need a better offensive line because he was just that guy to constantly want to make the big play and look downfield and try to make those big plays or explosive runs or whatever. And it comes back and hurts him sometimes. There's some comparisons that I see of people saying that with Drake May, like maybe he does hold the ball too long and maybe he does try to make that, that big boom play rather than taking the easy one sometime. Is that something that you notice too while scouting him? It has. Yeah, that, that's not incorrect. And I know that'll probably scare off Bears fans a little <laughs> bit if they're if they're if they're if you're on the side that wants to move on yeah. um, from Justin. But I, I think when Drake got himself in trouble this year, it was exactly that. I think there were instances on tape where he could have taken his check down. You mm-hmm. know, I think where he had a running back in the outlet, he had a running back in the flat. Mm-hmm. And instead of taking that play, instead of taking what the defense gave him, he might hold on to it and look for the big play. And look, you tr- that's, a, that's also a product of trusting your athleticism yeah. and trusting your arm, right? He knows that. And a lot of times it worked in his favor, right? And a lot, see, yeah. a lot of times he held on to the ball, extended the play, and made a big play, mm-hmm. right, because he made that decision. But a lot of times when it didn't go right, um, it was the same reason, right, yeah. where maybe he should have just cut it loose and, and, and hit his outlet uh, but certainly that that's a concern. Uh, it's probably his biggest concern in all honesty, because this is a fairly clean prospect. I mean, mm-hmm. I think some of the lower body mechanics are still being cleaned up as well, uh, timing everything up. But uh, certainly I, I, I think his uh, you know awareness to get the ball out uh, maybe in a more timely fashion is something he could improve at the next level. Yeah. And I think that obviously there's a lot of things that factor in that too, when you're looking at these quarterbacks and, who will he have when he comes? He, we know he has DJ Moore and Cole Komet, who have been really, really good. Obviously, DJ Moore had a career year, and Cole Komet also. And I, I think the Bears will also take another weapon in the draft, too. So he will come into a place where he has many options when it comes to the the 
high-end wide receivers or high-end weapons for the offense and hopefully an even more improved offensive line, which Justin unfortunately hasn't got to work behind. So that's kind of, I think, some of the arguments of people that want to keep Justin, but there's plenty of reasons to go a different route when it comes to the Bears of just resetting that quarterback clock, and especially when you have two prospects like this. Let's let's chat a little bit about uh, the choices for the Bears. You just said that's, you know, that's the million-dollar question of what they are going to do because there's a lot of ways they can go. They could draft Caleb. They could draft Drake, you know, one overall. They could trade down a couple spots and maybe get one of those other one of those other guys, or get Marvin Harrison, or one of the other wide receivers that are at the top. Which we'll talk about those two. They could even trade up farther down. Multiple trades we're hearing. All of these scenarios for the Bears. But what do you think, in your opinion, would be most beneficial for them right away next season? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, I think if I was them, I'd be curious to hear what kind of packages they can get. Uh, Obviously, you know, the general manager, Ryan Poles, he's very aware of the potential benefit of trading down uh, in exchange for multiple players and multiple picks. I mean, that really worked out in his favor last year, not only because, you know, Bryce Young hasn't been, you know, what the Carolina Panthers hoped he'd be, but because, you know, they were able to get an elite weapon like DJ Moore Mm -hmm. in that trade, because they were able to move down and still get, uh, an instant starter on the offensive line in Darnell Wright. So certainly I'd be intrigued uh, by, by taking one of those packages again, assuming it arrives, and you would think yeah. it will, right, yeah. with the two quarterbacks at the top. There's going to be a lot of you know potential jockeying for position um, at the top of the draft. But I will say I, I think that's what would intrigue me if I was in Ryan Poles' chair. But looking at the way that they're treating this offseason and some of the early moves, and I'm sure you're going to ask me about them, I'll be honest with you. I'm starting to lean towards predicting that they are going to take one of those quarterbacks with the number one overall pick and that they are going to reset the quarterback clock, Mm -hmm. as you so nicely put it, and that they are going to trade Justin Fields to maybe one of those uh, potential contenders that don't think they can move up for one of those quarterbacks. So Mm -hmm. I I think if you look at some of the decisions that they've made this summer, um, that's where I think they're leaning right now. Yeah, and I I definitely, I've been back and forth, but I I do think that in the last couple weeks I have started to lean more towards, I feel they will uh, draft a quarterback. And uh, I'm personally very pro-Justin, but I completely see the, the, 
the gleam that everybody is seeing for drafting, whether it is Caleb or Drake, because I think that the Bears personally, and this is what I keep telling myself, they're just in a really good spot. And it's you either keep Justin and continue develop. And I like Justin Fields, so that makes me excited. But it also makes me excited to think about having a top prospect and a quarterback of people that um, two quarterbacks that have been talked about now for a couple years and have been able to be successful in college football and have a lot of transferable uh, assets when it comes to playing at the next level. But let, let's talk a little bit about the receivers at the top because this is a very deep wide receiver class, and that's one thing that the Bears really do need to still focus on a bit. They still need a, a strong two wide receiver. I mentioned DJ Moore had a great year, but there was just not much beyond that um, when it came when it comes to wide receivers. So a lot of people jump to Marvin Harrison. That's an obvious one. He's uh, the top guy probably on the majority of people's list. And the connection with uh, Ohio State, especially if they keep Justin, that, that kind of little connection is still there too. But there's guys, uh, obviously, Roma Adunze, uh, Neighbors. Uh, both of these guys are really good that, that could be successful in the NFL. Um, and that's not even mentioning Brock Bowers, who I think is another name that maybe people leave out because the Bears have a tight end, but that's another option. Uh, so what are your thoughts on that with these wide receivers? Which one, how far of a gap are each of those three guys I just named? Or do you think that they could all be kind of on the same, same level at the NFL? Well, Marvin Harrison Jr. is, and I, you know, is generational, right? And I don't throw that term around loosely, but mm -hmm. as I was completing his scouting report, um, I didn't really have any negatives at all, honestly, and that's okay. extremely rare, uh, extremely rare for me to do. And, and I didn't go too hard looking, right? Because if you're looking too hard, you're probably forcing it, right? I mean, he's got outstanding size for the position. The ball skills are, are, are in my opinion, the number one selling trait. I, I think he's got the best ball skills I've ever seen mm -hmm. at the college football label. Uh, sorry, at the college football level, excuse me. Um, uh, he's elite when it comes to contested catch situations. There, there's just not a whole lot opposing defensive backs can do to throw him off his game. So as much as I love the others that you brought up, I do think there's at least a bit of a gap between him and some of the other. And Malik Neighbors, I'm, I'm a huge fan. I think mm -hmm. Malik Neighbors and Roma Dunze, I think they're both top 10 picks potentially. Okay. And I think Malik is probably solidified uh, as a top 10 pick. I think Rome is in contention. Uh, Malik, I mean, 90 catches this year, I think 1,400 receiving yards, 14 touchdowns, averaged about 17 and a half yards per catch. I mean, he's a big play waiting to happen. You talk about explosive ability. He's extremely effective after the catch. In fact, that, I think that's one area where he's better um, probably than Marvin Harrison Jr. Is he's wow. elite for uh, creating himself, creating for himself after the catch in the open field. And he's got great ball skills. He's an elite downfield weapon. You saw the chemistry between him and Heisman winning quarterback Jaden Daniels mm -hmm. this season. I mean, they, they might have been the best quarterback receiver pairing in all of college ball. Oh, yeah. I mean, you talk about Roma Dunze. I mean, yeah, what, what a year they had there at Washington. Go into the national championship game. Kalen DeBoer now, now going over to Alabama. I mean, that, that's, that's a product of what the offense produced mm -hmm. on the field this year with Rome and some of the other weapons, uh, Jalen Polk, Michael Penix Jr. at quarterback. Yeah. Rome, again, big play threat waiting to happen, right? Elite ball skills down the field. I mean, you saw he's a pro, right? He's advanced, technically advanced, well beyond his years. You saw it in that, in that game against Michigan even. Um, uh, you saw him make some of those big plays, and certainly in the Sugar Bowl victory over Texas, there was that one play late. Um, well, there was no way to defend it where Michael mm -hmm. Penix Jr. hits him on the deep ball 
you pay it close attention to how he flashed those late hands. Yeah. Right, the core. I mean, there's no way for the corner to play that rep where mm-hmm. he knows the ball's coming his way and he doesn't sort of expose his hands to the catch point until a millisecond before that ball <laughs> arrives, giving the corner zero opportunity to even know that the ball was in flight. Yeah. You know, he hadn't yet looked back at the quarterback. So this is an extremely, extremely polished. A technically advanced prospect. Look, it's a good year to need a wide receiver. So if the Definitely. Bears do decide to trade down, uh, move out of that number one spot, you end up picking at you know somewhere between three to six. I think is where they would go. You got some quarterback needy teams in that range with the Patriots picking third, the New York Giants picking sixth. If one of those teams blows them away with an offer and they move down, uh, certainly a guy like Marvin Harrison Jr., Malik Neighbors would be one hell of a consolation prize. And you pair him with uh, Justin Fields and DJ Moore. Yeah, and it's funny you mentioned the the Washington game to me because I I think about midseason – I kind of started focusing a little bit more when we when it looked like the Panthers were going to have that number one pick, which is obviously why the Bears are picking one, uh, which is a, another thing I think underrated topic is it's not because the Bears were the worst team in the, la- the, the league last year that they had the number one pick. They were just able to get that cr- trade compensation last year for DJ Moore and for that number one pick. And so it really played well for them, uh, and we love Ryan Poles for that. But I noticed how many people probably didn't watch a single Washington game until the playoff hit and the amount of tweets that were like, wow, these guys are really good. I was like, I know we've been talking about that since like October, how talented these guys are in Washington. And obviously even Jaden Daniels and you mentioned neighbors too. all of these guys. They've just they were so much fun to watch. And when you're looking at a class like this where the Bears the, the, pretty much the top needs for the Bears are all where you feel like it is the deepest of choices to pick. And when they have two picks in the top 10, um, it, it definitely makes things a little bit exciting. But let's say, Justin, that they don't draft a quarterback at one. They trade back a little bit. They take a wide receiver. Um, but they decide to take a quarterback a little later. Is there any of the other guys, because I know a little deeper down the list, it's the McCarthys and the Bo Nicks and Michael Pratt, Rattlers, Jordan Travis. Any of those guys do you think would be worth it to get a little later in the draft? Well, I, I'll be honest, I don't. Not for the Bears situation specifically. And okay. I like all of those quarterbacks. But if you're not going to take one of the top ones, right, Caleb Williams, Drake May, you're passing on an opportunity, right, okay. to take an elite quarterback prospect. That tells me, uh, better tell them, you've got all the faith in the world, right, in Justin Fields yeah. as a franchise quarterback. So once I go down the list, uh, that means I'm, I'm getting one of those receivers, like you said, and then with that second pick, I'm probably still investing in Justin Fields and, and taking an offensive lineman, right? This is a really, really deep class for offensive tackles. It's as deep, in fact, as it is at wide receiver or quarterback. Right? These offensive tackles are going to fly off the board. Mm-hmm. But if I'm not taking a quarterback, I'm believing in Justin Fields, those two picks are about the receiver and yep. they're about the tackle. Right, They're about surrounding Justin Fields with the best supporting cast possible. And look, there are other quarterbacks that are going to go in the first round. I think Bo Nix has a great chance. I okay. think Michigan's J.J. McCarthy is probably going to go in the first round himself. Mm-hmm. But if I'm passing on those first two, yeah. I don't see a whole lot of reason to take one of those guys. And then on top of it, as you get later into the draft, and I really like Spencer Rattler. I think he's done a great job rehabilitating his reputation at South Carolina. Michael Tulane is a guy that has a chance to elevate his pre-draft stock 
the Senior Bowl. I actually spoke with both of those guys recently, uh, Michael Pratt and and Spencer Rattler. You can read both of those interviews now on thedraftnetwork.com. And we talked about their upcoming appearance in Mobile. Michael Pratt told me his coaches at Tulane compare him to Drew Brees. And one of them actually coached Drew Brees with the New Orleans Saints. So he was sort of drawing uh, from direct experience. As much as I like those guys, they've already got, I think, a a pretty high-quality backup quarterback in Tyson Bajan, in all honesty. So I I don't see a whole lot of reason for them to use mid-round draft capital Mm -hmm. on a quarterback when I think they've got a similar guy in the system in, in Tyson Bajan. Yeah, I agree. And when Bajant had to come in this year, he was able to win a couple games and scrape them out. And I think a lot of people, uh, I mean, there was even talk of, okay, just play Bajant for the rest of the year, which was a little crazy to me. But I saw that there was, he has an arm. He was doing things that you needed to do. Like the perfect backup quarterback to me was what he was able to do. And um, I, I think that he... With that, he was able to use his legs. He was also able to – he has a pretty good deep ball. Um, it was a little bit questions of how far he could throw it, but we saw a couple where we're like, okay, like it's there. Um, so I, I agree with you. It's just one of the things that I think have popped up. A couple more, Justin, before I let you go. When, when evaluating quarterbacks during this draft process – um, because obviously there's been guys that have been drafted in the top five that have completely not panned out in the NFL. And there's guys that have, but then there's guys outside of that top 10 that have been some of the best. And so it's really hard to pick uh, what is going to work, what's not going to work. But I feel like uh, when you guys are going through these processes, are there certain traits that you notice when you are breaking down these reports and certain aspects of these players' games that are it's the hardest part for those quarterbacks to ever come to when they get to the NFL? Is there particular things or is it kind of all over the board? I I think, you know, it depends on the prospect. Each situation is unique in my opinion, and you have to approach each evaluation with that in mind. But I'll point out one trait that I think you know, is true across the board that often separates the elite quarterback prospects from the mid-round quarterback prospects, and that's arm velocity. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the Drake Mays, the Caleb Williams, they have the velocity necessary to drive the football into tight windows before they close because I'll tell you one thing and I've spoken to a lot of quarterbacks who have told me this and it's it's all it's true every year you'll often be shocked at how fast an NFL window closes right NFL defensive backs are NFL defensive backs for a reason they close those windows quickly right and the difference sometimes between a 35 yard completion and a turnover an interception is the velocity to drive that ball into that window before that window closes, Mm -hmm. right? So I think that is one trait that's often necessary if I'm going to consider you an elite quarterback prospect. And look, can you make it work sometimes without that? Yeah. I'll be, look, that's a big reason why Brock Purdy was one of the last, was the last pick in the draft, right? And that was one of the biggest concerns scouts had on a Brock Purdy, right? It was arm velocity and it was ability to defeat those windows. Now, look, Brock Purdy's turned out to be a huge success story, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously. Yeah. But I think that's one of the traits that all scouts universally agree on, is if I'm going to have a first-round grade on you, I better see the ability to fit that ball into a window before it closes. Because, again, that's often that, – that millisecond, that's the difference yeah. between a 25-yard completion and an interception at this level. So when I'm scouting quarterbacks, that's one thing that has to be true across the board if I'm giving you an elite first round grade. Yeah, I love that answer because I think a lot of times when we are watching, and even with Justin Fields, there's been so many moments where it's – 
a dime. It's beautiful. He puts it in the basket. Couldn't have been placed any better. But then there is a large portion of throws where sometimes you're just like, man, if that was just like a tick faster, a tick sooner, it would have been where it needed to go. And that was a lot of the things with Justin. And I don't know. I don't remember back. I, I wasn't doing this podcast when it was like the time for Justin, when it was around the combine time for Justin and all of that. So I didn't go as in depth to some of the things of what the some of the knocks and positives on Justin were. But I do know some of them were the holding the ball too long and that sort of thing. But I, I could see that possibly being part of it, too, is just some of his throws are just a tad too late. Well, I think with Justin, it's been more of a decision-making thing than it has been arm strength or velocity. Okay. I don't think he lacks in that area. For me, it's what we discussed earlier. It's the holding on to the ball too long because that's, that's a, similarly will get you in trouble, right, with yeah. throwing windows, right? If you are a, a tad late, a tick late even, on the decision-making part of it, then that window will close. It doesn't matter how quick you can get it there if you don't actually release it right on time. So I, I think the I think Justin's um, uh, issue in that department's more been holding on to the ball than it has been velocity. I think he does a great job driving. Well, look, and when he is decisive, you see it. Yes. Right. That ball gets there on time, and he's able to drive it in where, and he's able to put it where he wants to put it. So for me, it's been more the decision-making process. Just speeding up the internal clock, so to speak, yeah. has sometimes been, I, I think, what's gotten Justin in trouble. Well, Justin, a uh, final one for you, and I know this is some, some people hate this question. Some people love this question because they love to do comparisons of formers and currents and what's going to possibly be. But if you could, if you could list QB comparisons for uh, Caleb Williams and for Drake May, who would you say – is the closest that you would compare their game to? Jeez, I'll be honest. I'm not a big fan of the NFL player comps. I never yeah. have been. I don't know. I don't, you know, I, I don't know. It's rare. I'll be honest with you. It's rare that I see someone else, not even myself, that mm -hmm. I see someone else make a player comp. And I say, you know what? I agree with that. Comp. Yeah. yeah. I, I think every situation is so unique. Uh, I'll, I'll kind of leave you with this. I think Caleb, both Caleb Williams and Drake May are today's NFL quarterback, right? They're okay. big, they're athletic, they're strong, they're fast. Both of them passed the test that I just talked about. The velocity is there. That's never a problem. They're able to defend at all three levels of the field. They can make every throw. They're accurate. Uh, they're the they, they, When they're not trying to extend plays with their legs or mm -hmm. play hero ball, they do do a good job being decisive and putting the ball where they want to put it. Again, because both of them are so athletic and it often works out in their favor, I think they've both been a little guilty of okay. holding on to the ball in search for the big play. I mean, we saw Caleb get himself in trouble a couple times this year and some of those games that didn't go so well for USC. You know, the Notre Dame one, I think, was an obvious one. Yeah. And, and we saw it on occasion for Drake May as well. But both of those guys... I the biggest compliment I could give is that they are today's quarterback. They are elite quarterback prospects. I would be extremely thrilled to be a team that owns that selection yeah. in a year that has Caleb Williams and Drake May. Because there have been other years where teams have had that pick. And there's not a great, but I mean, not you those look choices. at two years ago. <laughs> yeah. Right. The Kenny Pickett class, for example, where he yeah. was the only one that went in the first round. And I think that wasn't until 20th overall, if I recall correctly. So there have been years uh, where it's unfortunate if you need a quarterback yeah. and you've got that pick. But this year, if the Chicago Bears feel like they need a quarterback, then they are extremely fortunate, extremely fortunate, because as you said, 
they didn't earn this pick by being the worst team in the league, right? They acquired it via trade. So they are extremely fortunate to have this pick in a year where we have quarterback prospects of Caleb Williams and Drake May's caliber. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I I think the one probably worst thing that could have happened for Caleb this last year is for his worst game to be against Notre Dame because Notre Dame, obviously a lot of Chicago fans are Notre Dame fans. It's close. Everyone was watching. (laughs) That's the one game everybody was probably watching. And I think there was three picks in that game. Uh, I'm a Notre Dame fan myself. And I remember being like, Oh no, like what what is this? And then but granted I watched a lot of other games, so I went outside that. But when you have a fan base that watches certain games and that's the games they want to focus on. Uh but as you mentioned, I think he only had five interceptions all year and three of them came out of that game. So that's something to definitely look at. Is it there was something off that game, but for the rest of the season you could say that Caleb was still just as sex as successful. If not, honestly, certain things got better. And the same with Drake May. His whole season this last year, I feel like was just progressively got better and more impressive throughout the throughout the year. And that's something that I feel like a lot of people maybe should pay attention to of the more comfortable he got in the offense, the more things clicked for him. 100%. Both of them had outstanding seasons, outstanding careers. I mean, you go back to the year before, right, where Caleb won the Heisman. I mean, talk about being able to build on that resume, I, oh, yeah. I think, is, is very much obvious for them. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll leave you with this, Taylor. I am very confident that uh, you and I just previewed one of the next quarterbacks for the Chicago Bears. <laughs> I, I think that's the way they're leaning right now. And I think, again, some of the decision-making leads me to strongly believe that that's the way they're leaning. And again, it's not just Caleb Williams or Drake May versus Justin Fields. The conversation is not that simple because, as you said, there's also the contract at play, right? You talk Mm -hmm. about getting a rookie quarterback on a four-year contract, and then you've got the fifth-year option. So he's cost-controlled through five years and that fifth year option, it's significant. It, 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 yes, it rises exponentially, you know, compared to what they earned those first four years, but it's still significantly less than the 45, $50 million a year deals quarterbacks are getting nowadays. Oh, yeah. So you talk about the ability to get one of those quarterbacks on a cost controlled uh, contract through five years versus Justin Fields, where if you are keeping them, it's time to talk contract, right? I believe what he's entering his fourth year this year. Yeah. So you'd have to make the fifth year decision now. Mm-hmm. And more so, you got to start talking contract extension with him if he is your guy of the future. We know how that expensive, how expensive mm-hmm. that can be and how it could hamstring you when it comes to building and filling out the rest of your roster. So it's more than just, you know, a direct to direct comparison. Yeah. It, the contract also plays a big part in this. And that's part of the reason why I do believe the Chicago Bears are leaning towards drafting a quarterback. Yeah, Justin, it looks like I'll have another uh, quarterback jersey in my closet, a very large portion of my closet filled with these. Um, But hopefully, whichever one works out and we finally have a quarterback who can – past that 30 touchdown mark because that hasn't happened and a lot of other factors in the quarterback world in Chicago. So um, I really appreciate you hopping on with me and chatting quarterbacks and draft and Drake May and Caleb Williams. Uh, It's a big topic in Chicago and I appreciate it. Pleasure's all mine, Taylor. I appreciate you for having me on. Yep. And you have a good rest of your day. Likewise. Thank you. Thanks to both Adam and Justin for hopping on with me. Um, If you follow me on Twitter, if you listen to my podcast, if you talk to me in person, you know I am super pro Keep Justin. Um, I've kind of started to accept the fact that that's probably not going to be what happens with the Bears. So I think it's really important to take a look at these other guys and 
as I like to do beyond the highlights, beyond the football field even, um, because there's a lot more to them. And we know Ryan Poles is a big, a big what type of person are they type of guy. But I think that is important. You're losing a, a guy that the entire team, from reports that I have heard, have been very adamant to Ryan Poles and Eberflus that they love Justin Fields. They believe in Justin Fields. They want Justin Fields to continue to be on this football team. Now, that doesn't mean anything for Ryan Poles and what his decision will be, but what that does mean is you need somebody who they're confident can come in and be able to be trusted in this locker room and be liked in this locker room and be a leader in this locker room because that is something that Justin Fields is and that the team had really surrounded themselves around Fields and his ability to make magical things happen and his ability to never give up and never stop and never slow down no matter what the score is, no matter what, how many times he was getting hit, no matter if he was having to miss another late call, late hit call because they didn't want to call anything on him. He got back up every single time, worked his butt off, and they need somebody else like that or the locker room could be lost. I've seen it in instances in Jacksonville when I cover the Jaguars, what happened the next year after the Bortles stuff. And, you know, they decided to keep Bortles and he really lost the locker room that season. And uh, you don't want the opposite thing to happen where you let their guy go and you get someone else and he doesn't mesh. Um, not saying I think that's happening but that is, or that will happen, but that's just something you have to take in consideration. There's, of, along with the million other things they have to when, they come, uh, when it comes to deciding what they do with that number one overall pick and what they do with Justin Fields. So uh, we will know, you know that within the next couple months where the route they are going and what we feel. Um, I truly don't think we will know a, like, a firm decision until the, after the combine because I do think they're going to want to really see some uh, measure up on these guys and see them firsthand uh, who they're you know who they're looking at. So it'll be an interesting couple months and a little bit sad for those of us who really truly believe that Justin Fields is just at the beginning of a strong climb in the NFL. Uh, but we will see. I've been wrong before. I could be wrong again. And obviously, I hope I am not in the sense of I hope Justin isn't good because I truly will be rooting for him to go somewhere and be successful. But I hope I'm wrong in the fact of one of these guys are that next generational big can't miss guy. Um, everyone's saying it. So enough people believe it. We've heard it other years, though, and it ended up not being true. But we will see. And um, I, I really, truly hope they're right because it's time. It's time for Chicago to have a quarterback. It's, it's just time. Uh, but anyways, thanks again for listening. We have this series continuing on. This is the Drake May episode. We have Caleb Williams coming up. I'm also going to get into Jaden Daniels and uh, Michael Penix, possibly a few of the other ones, just to mix in a little bit, uh, just so everyone gets a full grasp of the quarterbacks that are available. But obviously, Drake May and Caleb Williams are the top two. So those are the beginning of this series. And then we will kind of start gearing towards free agency, and uh, then it will be full-on draft after that. But Again, I uh, hope you at least are taking some time to enjoy the offseason a little bit because there's good things. It's definitely positive things happening. There's there's options and positive options. We're not in this gutter of there's no way to fix this. It's a pretty much the exact opposite right now in Chicago, and that's a really good positive way to look at it. So, again, thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Taylor Dahl, and this is Making Monsters. <laughs>
more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.